What's up, everybody? And welcome to another edition of No Regrets Marriage. I'm your host, Johnny Morton. I'm Carla. And we are excited to be spending some time with you today. Um, Carla, what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to talk about conflict. As we get into this, all right, real quick. If you can think back, biggest fight we ever had. In our whole life? Yeah, we've been married almost 39 years, folks. Oh, Johnny, there's no way You can't think of just one big one? Oh, gosh. There are so many. Nothing stands out in your mind. Yes. What? Okay, one time. You don't have to go into all the details, but just... Spare them the details. (laughs) Okay, one time... We were at not a good place. We were struggling. We had three kids. Um, you were currently taking a job where you travel a lot and were gone. I'm working. I got the three kids. Was I work with DQ? Yeah, and the International Dairy Queen. Okay, they don't. You said the details. They've got the details. Okay. okay. So anyway, and I guess money was was always been a challenge, problem, issue for us, conflict. And somehow something must have happened. You were traveling, and either I probably got some bill that I didn't know about. I got some credit card thing. Something had happened, and it must have pushed my buttons. And when we talked on the phone, that was before cell phones, so you call me. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't before cell phones. But anyway, when we talked. I think it probably was before cell phones. Okay. I I basically said, you don't need to come back. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I mean, I was so... She didn't say it quite that nicely, though. Mad. I didn't use bad words, did I? Yeah, she was angry. I was angry. So, okay, so... And we're starting off with this bad example? Well, we had a couple of times that you told me to get out. I don't think I ever told you to get out. Okay, no, you didn't. I know you hate to say it. I always say it because conflict is inevitable in life, whether you're in marriage, work, unless you're going to be a hermit and you're going to go hide out in a cave somewhere and have no interaction with people. If you're going to live life, there's going to be conflict in it. And marriage is no different for that. I know we have this thing, you know, we've talked about sometimes myths. Hey, if you love each other, you'll never have conflict. You'll always agree. Everything will be happily ever after. Well, that's just a myth. Conflict, we live in a fallen world. Even if we're believers, we're still being transformed day by day, still being sanctified into that image of Christ. We're still sin. We act selfishly. And you throw that in together and all the pressures and all the stuff that goes with marriage, man, it's just a breeding ground for conflict. Yeah, it's like a it's like a crock pot that's going to explode. The crock pot of conflict. Okay, that's yes. one way to look at it. Yes. Here's the thing, though. Conflict, I think most of the time we think of it in a very negative way. It doesn't have to be. If we can learn to handle conflict healthy, something that took us a whole long time to do, and as we've often yes. said in these podcasts, one of the reasons that spurred us to do this is that we don't want people to have to walk a lot of the hard roads that we did. We learned things the hard way. But conflict can really do wonders for your marriage if you learn how to handle it in a really healthy way. I think one thing I think back about, and again, fallacy, myth, but I do remember earlier on looking at couples that I thought were sharp together, had it going on. They seemed so cute. 
they seem so whatever when they're out in public and talking and just engaging. And I was heard, why can't we be more like them? Yeah, I did probably say that because I would I would come away from that interaction just thinking, well, gosh, that that's how wonderful that they treat one another that way all the time, and they seem to just totally get along and. We struggled with a lot of stuff. And, of course, I realize now we may not have known what their struggle was. It may have been totally different than ours. But as you said, no couple is ever going to be conflict-free. But it's the part about that we need to embrace is that if we do learn to do it well, it can really be an awesome thing. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think it's a couple's got to be have some real, real big issues if they're having knockdown dragouts in public so everybody That's true. sees them. I think what you saw before there ever was a Facebook, it was sort of that Facebook kind of marriage. Oh, yeah. We only put the stuff that looks really good about us on Facebook and for public display. We don't air typically air the dirty laundry that we want to keep hidden. Well, away now sometimes you do on us, but well, okay. I do, but it's all in the past and we're in a great place now. Um, so part of it is making that decision that, hey, we're going to embrace conflict. You know, sometimes the conflict is it's just a difference of opinion that we see things differently. Sometimes it's the male-female perspective. Sometimes it's just, I like this, you like this. Where are we going to go? You know, where are we going to go on vacation? I love the mountains, you love the beach. Uh, sometimes it can be just things like that. Well, and one of the things, one point around that is that sometime, as you said, what are preferences, what are just differences in our personalities and our genders, it doesn't mean the other person is deficient or wrong because they're thinking different than you. And I, a lot of times, even in our perspectives, I would be thinking yours was wrong. Yeah. Mine was right. You still do that sometimes. I do. I do, I do fall in that trap. I'm like... I'm wearing my pink glasses. I'm seeing it pink. It's beautiful. And you cannot get it. Yeah, so sometimes conflict, and a lot of times I think, is just difference of perspectives. You say different opinions. Sometimes it's often caused by poor communication, and we're going to talk about that more later on. But sometimes it's actually caused, the conflicts are caused by our own actions. You know, I look back in our marriage, and a lot of the conflict we had was... You know, I take a lot of the blame for that because of the way of not giving you the security you needed, of not treating you and cherishing you the way that you needed to be treated. You know, I was incredibly selfish. And, you know, I'm. we've talked about that before. And those conflicts, sometimes you got to get into things that are a little bit deeper when you get back into the why. And, and, and there's a little more searching to come to deal with those conflicts. Yes. But they can be incredibly healthy and freeing and builds incredible intimacy in a marriage when you're able to come through things like that together and man able to look back on that as sort of real marking points for your relationship. We tell couples sometimes, you know, part of why you want to learn to do this well is when you negotiate or navigate a conflict well and you end up increasing your intimacy, then you look back and you're like, wow. And if we did that well, then guess what? The next wave that comes, the next piece of conflict, it builds that confidence that says, we can do this. We can work through this. 
All right, so as we start thinking about conflict here, let's go here. It's something that we've used in seminars and I've used in other classes before that I call the four G's. That's the letter G, starts off God. Um, one, first of all, is that, hey, our goal, even in conflict, Paul said, hey, whatever you do, whether you eat, whether you drink, whether you sleep, whether you have conflict, man, you do it in a way that glorifies, that honors God. And so that should always be an over the head. And for Christian marriages, it's always that guideline that's there. It's, hey, my ultimate goal is how do I love my wife? How do I love my husband? How do I have conflict? And how do we deal with this in a way that really reflects on God's character and nature? Um, and, and having that, if we have that at the forefront of our minds, it's almost like going back to the why of marriage, understanding that, man, it puts us in that attitude of, hey, I want to do this in a way that really pleases God and how to do conflict. And y'all, that is, that is a high and lofty goal. It is a challenge, obviously. As you said, because we struggle with our own sin, yeah, it gets in the way. But man, if we can ever get our minds around how and what God is doing in and through the conflict in our marriages, and know this is part of what He's doing to change us. So the first G of the four G's is to glorify God. The second one is, if you remember, Jesus was telling the story about. Hey, don't try to take the speck out of your brother's eye when you've got a log sticking out of your own on the Sermon on the Mount. And part of that was, hey, dealing with conflict, what's your part in it? What have you done to contribute to it? And maybe the thing is, when you're all upset and ready to go at somebody, if you really stop and think about it, what you really ought to be doing is go and say, hey, I'm so sorry that I did this. Will you forgive me? So what's your part in it? And once you've sort of looked at that, because sometimes, a lot of times conflict, there's pieces for both of us. There are other times when it's what somebody else has done and you haven't done anything. Yeah. But you got to decide at some point, hey, is this really worth really getting upset about or getting anxious about it or getting angry about it? And so one of the things we use with couples is we talk about, hey, different levels of conflict. We talk about, hey, where is your conflict? And oftentimes, really what it has to do is, hey, what are some of those important values to you? Yes. How threatened are they being? That's true. So it's kind of these levels of conflict. It's kind of the one to 10. And I'll take the first one. All right. Okay. Number one. Hey, no big deal. I'm not even going to mention it. Hey, sometimes you heard the expression, it's like water off a duck's back because it just drains off. Hey, there's a lot of things that happen in life. You know, uh, somebody left their clothes out. Somebody didn't shut their refrigerator door. They forgot something. I do this all the time, so I'm I'm really plugging for this one. really feel strongly about these number ones and that I should (laughs) let it roll off my back. But a lot of times, it's just not even worth mentioning. Hey, you just put the towels up. You put the clothes in. You do whatever you need to do, and, and you just go on with life. That's sort of the number one level. Next. All right. Number two would be something like, we just don't see something the same way. You know, it's, again, it may be the perspective thing. I could be wrong about something, or it could just be different perspectives. Yeah. Uh, number three, 
I really don't agree with what you're doing, but I can really live with it. And that may just be on how you, you know, how you decide you're going to handle something else. Uh, what you want. I know one time I think things we've even talked about is, you know, even couples when they're watching TV. You know, there are some things I know that you are very, and you know, you're probably because you're much more spiritual than I am, I guess, sometimes. (laughs) You're very sensitive to certain things that are in movies and TV, and you're like, I just can't watch this. Where maybe me as a guy, maybe less sensitive, and you know, I can put up with some of the violence when I think it's sort of part of it, and we just disagree, and we may, I may watch something that you wouldn't watch at all, and that's okay. Okay. Um, I disagree but we will go with it your way. So again, I I think my idea is better or I think I really wish we would do it this way, but I'm okay with doing what you want to do. Yeah, let's say that one of your kids has done something and you got to figure out, okay, how do we handle this? And I say, you know, we need to ground them for two weeks and you say, no, that's just too much. It wasn't that much. And I'm just dead determined, no, they need to learn a lesson two weeks. And you may not agree with me, and you probably would try to talk me out of it, but ultimately you'll say, it's your decision to make on here. So, and that can go obviously either way. It just at times that there's, you're willing to kind of let yours go. Number five. Oh, is that me? Yeah, that's Oh, you. yeah, I'm number five, aren't I? Uh-huh. Hey, I don't agree, and I just really can't be silent about this. And this is one of those things that oftentimes somebody's done something that, you know, we're thinking in context of marriage, but this can be in any aspect of life, that people do things all the time. You know, let's say somebody stands you up for lunch once. Hey, that's just water off the bat. But what if they do that four times in a row? Well, eventually you're going to say something about it. And if something is bothering you to the point that you can't let it go, then you need to be willing to go to that person and say, hey, this is really bothering me. We need to talk about this. And in marriage, that's probably going to happen a lot. Yes. And so if you're at a five on something, you're calling it a five. Yeah. We tell couples sometimes, you don't have to use all these words with it, but you just give it a number. I'm at a five in this. We got to talk. We got to talk. And so that's not a roll off your back. Um, six is I don't approve, but I do need more time to think about this. So again, it may be moving into some areas that it's a, a bigger decision. Hey, a bigger I think we deal. really need to get a new car. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that just an that's example? Just a, yeah, that's just a... <laughs> All right. That's a Bummer. six. That's a six. Yeah. Yeah, that would say, you know, hey, we really can't afford it now. We really don't. And I may try to make all the arguments I want to, but you may just say, I really don't think we need to do this, but let me think about think it for about a while. Think about it more, okay. Uh, seven, hey, I strongly disagree, and I can't go along with this. And this is one of those places where, obviously, we talked about so often conflict is when your values have been, those key heart values have been violated in some way. And somebody's done something in the relationship. One of the spouses has done something. And you're to that point saying, hey, I'm not going along with this. This has got to change. Well, and I think we have to remember as believers, our ultimate allegiance is to God, not not the spouse. So if our spouse is ever asking us to do something 
that would violate what God and his word would tell yeah, us to do. That, that's never going to be an okay one. No. Okay. Um, am I Am I the next one? I'm so upset. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Ooh, that sounds like that's getting, yeah. I am so angry and upset. I can't even think what I yeah, want to do. You're so emotionally compromised because something has just happened that's just set you off. And, and it is, I mean, if you're in an eight, that's, that's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, then you got nine and this is pretty much, this is sort of drawing a line on the stand. No way you go through with this and I'm out of here. Which is bad. Um, again, we're not advocating that you're threatening things because that's always not good to get to that point. And number 10 is over my dead body. Yeah. So, um, obviously again, it's a scale. The numbers kind of help you share with your spouse in a very constructive, concrete way. You know, obviously the goal might be you don't even mention one and two. That's part of that acting in love toward one another, right? That I'm just loving, and therefore I don't need to mouth off about you leaving your clothes out all the time, which I do sometimes. Yeah, there was this great book written by a guy named Carl Bilheimer, and it was called Love Covers. And, you know, it's from Scripture. It says, hey, love covers a multitude of sins. There's a lot of things that the most gracious thing we can just do, even without people asking us, man, we can grant them forgiveness and mercy and love just because it's the thing that Jesus would have us do. And how cool is that? And only you and God know when you overlook in love those small offenses that you just overlook. You just move on. You don't make a point of it. You don't even never mention it, maybe. That is maturing in our relationship as we learn to do that. But the other piece is you can't be at a five, seven, eight, and not be letting your spouse know this is a big deal. So let's think about, we've talked about sort of the levels of conflict, and only you know where you are. And where your eight is may be different from somebody's eight to your five. So this is individual. This is all about you, how you feel about the situation. Now, it may be, and we've talked before with couples, that if you, everything that happens is a seven in your life, I can't live with this, got to be done, got to change. If everything's there, then maybe take a step back and look and see what else is going on. Yeah. You know, a lot of times because there's so many other stresses that are going on in your life, it doesn't take anything to just set you off. To make everything a seven. And everything in life shouldn't be a seven. No. What are some things, and we've talked about this with a lot, especially young couples, but I think this is good for any couples who have never really sort of established this. In, in the next few minutes, what are just some great boundaries to set up for dealing with conflict? So that one, you can do it in a healthy way that's really going to be resolved and restore the relationship, which is the ultimate goal in any conflict. Well, I think one of the things we talk about, and we talk about this during communication, is the idea that, honestly, week in and week out, you have those sort of what we'll call withholds, meaning I, I, I make a point to say to you things that I might have forgotten to say that were nice. Like, I forgot to say to you, I really appreciated you picking up the laundry the other day, you're doing the dishes. So it flits through your mind, but you don't do it. So taking a time every week to do your withholds. So you give your spouse two 
positive withholds, meaning you sort of forgot it, you withheld it at some other point, but now you're giving it to them. And then you give them one that may be a negative. So this is an area where somewhere on that scale of one to 10, probably the lower numbers, you're thinking this kind of irritated me, this kind of upset me. And so instead of, again, if it's not something you can let roll off your back, and you feel like I need to say this because I did feel really hurt. We were out at dinner the other night and you made this offhand comment and that really kind of offended me or hurt my feelings, but I couldn't obviously say anything in front of the couple. And so, but I need to tell you that now, but it's calm and you, the other deal is when I say that to you or you say it to me, all you can say is okay. And thank then, you. thank you. And then for 30 minutes, you don't make any comment about the negative thing they told you. But that allows these little things not to build up and become bigger, higher numbers because week in and week out, you talk about them. Yeah, it reminds me, one of the passages, I've had the fun and the privilege of marrying couples over the years that I've been in ministry. And one of the passages I've used, some people think it's kind of a strange one because it comes from Leviticus, is about the practice in the temple and the verse talks about, Hey, let the fire ever be burning. Do not let it go out. And it talked about the priest responsibility to keep the fire going in the tabernacle and later in the temple. And it talked about all the things they did. They had to give it fuel, but they had to clean away the ashes every day from that. And Carla, what you just talked about the withholds, that's sort of that clean in the ashes. Is sort of making sure that those lines of communication stay open because so often it's our bad communication that leads to conflict and making sure that things don't build up over and over and over again. And then eventually we just sort of erupt. We can, we're at a seven over something that's may or may not be a seven. So that's one of the great tips we're going to leave you with tonight. Uh, our next session, we're going to talk more. We're going to start out talking about, hey, what are some other boundaries? What are some other good tips to keep you from getting into a place of some really negative conflict, really into the almost fighting area that we'll talk about? Just really start practicing those withholds where, as Carla said, hey, it's saying those and speaking those things to your spouse, things that are both positive and maybe something that's even bothered you and making sure and sort of cleaning those ashes out of the relationship on a regular basis. Hey, conflict is going to happen in marriage, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. I know it always seems like it, but it can be one of the best things that ever happens in your marriage is you learn to deal with that in a way that gives grace, mm-hmm. you show forgiveness, you show teamwork, And what it really ends up building is this deep emotional and spiritual intimacy as you really see you overcome conflict as a couple in the way that God really designed us to. So uh, I guess we will end it right here. Yes, we will. Till next time. Until next time. And uh, man, what we urge you to do is, man, you keep on forging that marriage. Make it strong. We'll see you next time.